This is Brain Diet, episode number 11. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. Hey everyone, today's episode, I am thrilled to be sharing with you an interview that I did with Erin Monson. Now, Erin is a personal trainer. She is a CrossFit coach. She has trained me in CrossFit and is absolutely incredible at what she does. She is a certified nutritionist. She is a life coach in the making and an eating disorder survivor. Now, she graduated from the University of Utah in broadcast journalism, where she played tennis on a full-ride scholarship. She has an amazing passion for fitness and nutrition, and that took over after college as she dedicated the subsequent 10 years to all things health. Now, eventually she realized she was missing a huge part of what health really means after suffering from several eating disorders and an exercise addiction. So now she works with clients on how to find that healthy balance between fitness and diet, how to develop a better relationship with self, how to build awareness around where to find self-worth and how to show up for ourselves. Now she has an online gym called Exercising Love where she programs workouts to build physical strength, stamina, and a booty. I have done many of the workouts. They are insanely hard and amazing. (laughs) But Exercising Love emphasizes the importance of inner beauty and building self-confidence through self-trust and learning how to accept all of yourself. Now, Erin is so passionate and deep feeling. She's very driven and so motivated to learn and grow. And I am so lucky to call her my colleague, but even more lucky to call her my friend. I hope you all enjoy this interview. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Brain Diet Podcast. I am thrilled today to be talking with Erin Monson. Erin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. (laughs) Of course. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Now, what I do as a life coach um, and in my practice is rooted in the idea that you can't have lasting physical health until you have mental health. It's a whole package kind of deal. Now you are a beacon of this idea. (laughs) So I wanted to just start out by asking how you got to where you are today. Oh man, I could go back to so many different things. I have been a fitness fanatic pretty much since I can remember being a little girl leaving school during math class to go on runs through the neighborhood. (laughs) Um, I was always obsessed with moving my body and I was an athlete. I played tennis all growing up, played in college. So that was just my main thing. I just loved playing sports and I was obsessed with anything fitness related. And then that turned into an obsession with nutrition and learning more about what foods I should eat to feel my best, to perform my best. Um, So I got really, really into that. And then years and years and years passed, um, just so passionate about all of that. And it got me into a dark place in a way. Like I always loved working out and doing my thing, but I also got too obsessive about it, that it affected my life in a negative way. And it took me a long time to see and just 
kind of got to a pivotal point where I had, I was suffering more than I was thriving. And that's when it all came together when I realized how important physical health is, but physical health means nothing without the mental aspect. And you could be as healthy as you want physically, but if you are not in a good place mentally, it will completely shatter (laughs) the rest of it. So, so yeah, it was about just a couple years ago that I really hit that kind of rock bottom point um, and pieced it all together and have worked a lot on the mental aspect of things now. And so that's just brought me to where I am now still so passionate about physical fitness, working out. I'm a personal trainer and a CrossFit coach um, and a nutrition coach, but I also am so passionate about mental health and have been to a lot of therapy. Um, I'm in the process of getting my life coach certification now so that Mm -hmm. I can use that to help me along with the physical part. Um, So yeah, that's kind of a quick brief (laughs) background on how I got here. That's fabulous. And I think that there are so many people out there that can relate to that in the idea of being passionate about fitness and on the outside looking like they are thriving and healthy and fit and whatever, but internally there just can be so much turmoil that we just don't see. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was probably the same for you where you probably looked the same relatively on the outside throughout this whole process, but internally you've had a whole transformation. Yeah. To some extent, I definitely like my body changed a bit as I mm-hmm. got more obsessive about it. And sure. it was kind of when I, when I hit my rock bottom point was my body was not in what I, I'm so obsessive about health, but my yeah. body, like I was not healthy at right. all, right. um, physically or mentally. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of look at the transformation and to see, Um, yeah, body changes definitely a little bit, but what goes on inside, man, I tell you, you look at all of these fitness people, there's so many influencers on social media and it's so in our face of what people should look like or what is acceptable or what's healthy. Um, but I always wonder that now when I see people just wondering, like, yeah, they look a certain way, but I wonder what's going on inside. Like, I wonder, like, that's what I'm more curious about now is how is their mental health? How do they feel each day when they wake up and look in the mirror? How do they feel energy wise? How do they feel about themselves? How do they feel about their effect on the world? That's just much more on my mind. Well, and that's one of the things that I so admire about your online gym and the content that you put out because you are an influencer, I would say. (laughs) And (laughs) I have never seen anything like it with what you put out, how it is so much more all-encompassing. It's not just here's a workout. It is so much mm-hmm. more self-care affirmations and mm-hmm. you know, focusing on the mental space mm-hmm. equally as much as the daily mm-hmm. workouts. And so yeah. for you, I want to ask where you started when you felt like you hit that rock bottom. Like, What was it that you started with that started to bring you out of that space into like more of a healthy mental space? So it was so many things and it definitely, you have to focus on one thing at a time, but recognizing that I, my life was not where I wanted it to be. It was just kind of that, that low point of being like, okay, all I've got is 
my workouts and all I do is sleep, eat, workout, and that's it. Like what's fulfilling in my life? And I think when you live a certain way long enough, you hit a point when you're not fulfilled where you're just not happy and you don't feel like yourself. And that happened to me a couple years ago. And my first step, I was living in California at the time, away from all of my family and closest relationships. So the first thing that I just knew I had to do was to move home. Um, not necessarily that that would be what's right for everybody, but for me, it just felt right to take myself out of kind of a toxic environment and to place myself around people who could support me and help me and kind of remind me daily of what I really want and what's fulfilling to me. So that was the first step was I moved back to Salt Lake from California um, and immediately started going to therapy because I just knew I was suffering from a pretty severe eating disorder and I just knew I needed help. I just, I couldn't do it on my own. So I found a therapist who changed my life, helped me so much. Um, and from there, it just took off with different things that clicked with me that were helping me um, going to therapy consistently, meditation. I always kind of meditated, but not really. And it wasn't until I started practicing, practicing it daily that I felt what it does to me and my mind and how much power that has to um, to just get to get in touch with my soul more. Um, so meditation, journaling, something I've always done. Um, and just learning how to have compassion with myself. Those were kind of the first starting points that kind of took off as I was trying to climb out of this space in my life. Yeah. So. Well, and I've, I've seen with what you put out, how you focus so much on meditation and journaling and affirmations. And I think that at least for me, sometimes meditation, it's, it's very intimidating and, and it's like, it just seems way beyond my, like way beyond, I'm not that smart to be able to meditate, but you make it so relatable. And so I want to ask how it is that you meditate. I know you share it on Instagram, but I want, you know, everyone to hear how you approach meditation um, and yeah. what it is that you, how you deal with it that is effective for you. Yeah. So it's funny how you have this idea of when you hear meditation, you have this idea that it's some like weird or like zen or just something that seems too like complicated or yep like, I don't, I don't <laughs> That's know me. like it has this it has the yeah a way of kind of making me feel that way but it was when I realized that it's literally sitting with yourself <laughs> like that's all you're doing you're just going somewhere quiet two minutes five minutes it's not like an hour of just sitting like you can start with the smallest amount of time and when it just felt like something so normal, like there's, you don't have to know anything special. All you have to do is go sit and just breathe and see what happens. Like, it's not about controlling yeah. your thoughts. It's just about being with yourself and meditation. It means to become familiar with. So when you just think of it in a way of like, okay, I'm just going to go get familiar with myself for the next five minutes and just kind of see where I'm at today. Um, first thing in the morning, right after a workout, anytime you have five minutes to lock yourself in your bathroom with, if you have kids, you know, <laughs> when you get the idea that, that it's so much simpler than what it maybe comes across, 
um, then it just becomes so easy. There's no rules around it. Like you can just do it however you want and just try to get familiar with yourself. And it's not as intimidating as it might seem. It's just so simple. Well, and that's something but that I very do in my, powerful. Yeah, totally, totally. And within my practice, we work so much on our relationship with ourselves and how we treat ourselves. And I think that for some people, it can be uncomfortable to be alone with your brain. And yes. so developing that skill and developing yes. kind of a relationship and a friendship with yourself is mm -hmm. one of the first and most powerful things you can do because of, you know, you start to become aware of everything in your brain and you start to, like you said, have Absolutely. compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I want to talk about the affirmations that you are, that you have as a part of your online gym. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. something that I've seen with affirmations is sometimes we try them and we just don't believe them. And other times we try mm -hmm. them and they do really resonate with us. And so I wanted to mm -hmm. ask you how you approach that. If you were to try on a thought, if you were to try on an affirmation and it just wouldn't resonate well with you, you just didn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. That's something people ask me all of the time with affirmations. Like you want to tell yourself these things, but how do you actually believe it? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and that's where I tell people like, start with something so small, just like one little thing that does feel right for you. That does resonate. Like, okay, I can accept this part of my body or I respect what my body can do for me every day. Um, even the simplest things, like you're not just going to go from having a very low self-worth or struggling with body image or struggling with whatever it is about yourself to all of a sudden just saying things in the mirror and okay, here we go. It's not a magic trick, but it is a way of, of our brains are so powerful and those thoughts that we have to be able to be aware of them and to recognize when we are speaking to ourselves in a way that's not productive or a way that puts us down. Um, to catch that and to be able to reframe it in a way that can become something positive. That's kind of how I think of an affirmation. It's just, it's building awareness around your thoughts and then changing it into something that resonates with you for that day. And it might not always feel right and that's okay, but it's just a way to, to start retraining your brain on what it's thinking about yourself each day. Well, and I think that that so perfectly illustrates the relationship between physical health and mental health. You just said it, you are retraining your brain every single day. Like that is what we do every day is we go to the gym every day and we train our muscles mm -hmm. every day. And mm -hmm. so mental health is so much of an awareness in the first place. And then mm -hmm. subsequently being able to retrain it because I think being aware in the first place of what's happening in your brain and the sentences that are going on sometimes we aren't even aware that they're there until we start to look and then it kind of freaks us out when we yes. <laughs> find stuff we don't Absolutely. like <laughs> and so yes. to be able to like just as we would approach it from a fitness perspective to be like okay here's what I'm finding we're just gonna like work hard to retrain it and start from yeah. where we're at and that's something that I do as well where it's like if you start from this place of I hate my body we just take mm -hmm. a neutral step where it's like, I have a body. We don't go immediately mm -hmm. to, I love my body, exactly. I'm flying perfect, whatever, because mm -hmm. we have to be able to think mm -hmm. thoughts that resonate with us and that, that we believe. Yes. Otherwise, they're just yes. sentences that don't generate anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's something like bringing up our subconscious brain, like 90 to 95% of our thoughts every day are subconscious and building awareness. I will never forget a couple years. Like when I first started therapy, started working through all these things and building a much stronger awareness around my thoughts and around the rules that I had made and around just all of like, just all the awareness around who I was. I will never forget how first overwhelmed I was being like, Oh my gosh, now I'm noticing everything. Like I'm crazy. My brain, like, ah, how do I handle all of this awareness? It was just very overwhelming. But after getting through that, it, it just empowered me so much to be more in my conscious brain and more able, not letting things happen to me, but me feeling like I was creating rather than being a victim to. And that's what the awareness and the conscious mind will do for you. And affirmations and all of that just goes along with that. Well, it just gives you your power back because you can't control things Mm -hmm. outside of you. So to be able to think thoughts that serve you and help you show up in a way that feels Mm -hmm. good, it means that we don't have to control everything that happens outside of us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Sure. So I want to talk a little bit about diets and diet mentality. Uh, the episode I released previous to this episode talks all about diets and how mm-hmm. there is this stigma around diets that really, you know, diets aren't the problem. It is the diet mentality. And so because mm-hmm. you have gone through this exercise, addiction and nutrition and eating disorder and all these types of things, I want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on that whole world. (laughs) Yeah. So this has been such a challenging thing for me because there's such extreme thoughts on dieting is so bad or like there's just, it's so confusing, especially when you're engulfed in both of the worlds and trying to figure out your place in it. Um, the whole like intuitive eating versus macros or dieting diet culture versus like wanting to look a certain way. And And that's, it's so polarizing. And I've had to work through all of those thoughts so much. Um, Some things I do know for sure, like there's statistics showing that one in four dieters will turn into a full-on eating disorder. And there's a lot of, and I've seen this in myself and I've seen this in so many people, um, the way that even if it doesn't turn into an eating disorder, the things that dieting can do obsessiveness, fixation, suffering, distress, negative body image, low self-worth, um, anxiety, depression, um, a lifelong struggle with yo-yo dieting. It can just create so much negativity on your mental health in diet culture and by trying so many different diets. So I feel very strongly about that. And I've seen the places that it's taken me and as a as a nutrition coach now where i used to be the one telling people like oh don't eat that eat this many macros like being all like no earn your carbs like all of these phrases that i used and i look back now and i it just i know what those comments can do to someone and i know how negative it can be to somebody's mental health and so working through my thoughts on that. Um, I still do nutrition coaching. I still help people lose weight if that's what they want to do. But I always warn people the cost versus the reward. I think knowledge is power. You need to know what you're getting yourself into. You need to know 
what you're willing to risk and what you aren't. And then just being aware of why you have a certain goal. So that's a huge thing is just, are you trying to be happier by being 10 pounds less? Are you like, what is that going to do for you? Um, if it's to feel better and to be in a healthier place, to be able to do things, then yeah, let's figure out a way that doesn't feel restricting, that can help you be healthier, that I don't even like calling it a diet, even though technically it kind of still is to be trying to lose weight in any way. But there are positive things that come from that. But some people aren't in a place mentally to do that. And I just think you need to know why and what your motivator is and just take into account the risks in going that route. Yeah. And I think that that that's because in my practice, I do weight loss. That's primarily what I do. Mm -hmm. And every time we have to have the the conversation about the why, because ultimately the why Mm -hmm. is all of those thoughts in our brains. And it's either Mm -hmm. coming from, I really want to do something helpful for myself or Mm -hmm. I hate my body. I believe I'll be happier if I weigh less. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if we have those two different, you know, mindsets, we have to be really careful what type of action that we take from that space Mm -hmm. because, you know, one could be more of a negative result and one could be more of a positive one, but being really clear about the why I think is so powerful. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's, it's important too. like even eating certain foods, like might not be good for your cholesterol or certain things in your body. Um, but cutting them out might do more harm to your mental health. So I think just building awareness around what is more important in that moment, what's more important to you. And then just like sticking to it and just reminding yourself why you're making that decision. Like you said, that why is such an important part. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is a pretty common idea that I hear amongst coaches is that there are no bad foods. And I think Mm -hmm. that can be a useful thought to have because Mm -hmm. when you stop yourself from that restrictive mentality, you kind of allow yourself to really become in tune Mm -hmm. with your body. And I think it can be such a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you as well about emotional eating because there are, they kind of go so hand in hand, you know, whether it's emotional eating or emotional not eating, you know, you Mm -hmm. you start to just throw off your internal compass a little bit. And so I want to get your thoughts on emotional eating. Yeah. I think with intuitive eating and with trying to get in touch with our bodies and why we're eating and if we're hungry and if we're full, it is so hard because we have been trained to think that we shouldn't be hungry right after we eat a meal or we think like we have so many um, rules around food just based off of the way that society is right now and especially with diet culture with what a lot of people are looking at as what they want to look like to be happier or to be more accepted or to be worth more um they lose touch with all of these rules. And so emotional eating, it's, I think it goes into um, feeling like you don't trust yourself. Like you don't trust your body because you don't know if, well, I just ate, I shouldn't be hungry. And so I'm not going to eat again. But then you just, all you can think about is food or 
you feel sad. And so what do you turn to food? Because that will make me feel happy. It can just, our emotions can run the show so much if we are not aware and just practicing, um, like, Oh, it's so hard to do because being in touch with our bodies to let go. It's like what we were talking about before retraining our brains so that we're not acting by what has been put on us, but just being able to, to turn to the things that are actually, when we're feeling emotional, doing something that will help us be, bring awareness to what we need in that moment. So it's so easy to emotionally eat or to emotionally not eat because that's a way of controlling our anxiety in that moment or our sadness in that moment. But rather than immediately reacting to get in touch with that emotion, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? Naming the emotion, bringing awareness to it, not just making a choice, like a subconscious choice and going and eating or not eating for the rest of the day, but to build awareness around the emotion that can help with emotional eating so much because it just brings it back to what the true problem is and not what you're distracting yourself with. Well, and that's what I was going to say is, is one of the things that I say on repeat is there isn't enough food in the world to solve for what you're trying to solve, you know? So it's like, if you have those emotions and you're eating or not eating, you're not addressing the true cause of the problem, you know, right? We have the thoughts that are creating all of these crazy emotions within us and we're trying to solve for them with food and temporarily we can kind of buffer away from those emotions. But if we're not addressing the thoughts that are making us feel all of our negative emotions, then we can't ever move forward. We can't address the cause of the problem. Um, And so I think that it's so interesting to kind of open up this dialogue about these types of things because out there it's either go to therapy or here are your macros like it's there it's it's a very stark contrast and i don't feel like there's a a lot of you know merging of the two ideas that it's like okay let's address your mind here and let's address your weight here and how can we combine them to really achieve some lasting results and i feel like that's something that you're accomplishing through the content that you put out and the online gym that you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, trying, <laughs> trying to, <laughs> it's definitely hard because yeah, it's a hard balance. Like I said before, it's such an extreme mindset either way. And it's yeah. Trying to find that happy medium. And I think a lot of people want that happy medium, but they get kind of shamed if they want to be here or not here. It's, it's not, meshing and there is a place for all of it like we have to create that place there it's there and so talking about it to help people see that that's my goal you know I want people to know that there's a place in both worlds totally so finally I just want to ask you some of your beliefs about physical health some of your daily affirmations some of your mantras the things that you carry around with you every day that you feel like most serve that happy medium of physical health and mental health Mm -hmm. um well my favorite affirmation that i include at the end of all of my affirmations is always i am enough and that's just encompassing everything that we don't feel like we're enough for um a lot of times when we get into 
problems in the first place, addictions or cycles that we don't want to be in, it if you take it back layer by layer, keep peeling back, it usually comes back to not feeling enough in some sort of way, not skinny enough, not pretty enough, not smart enough. And a lot of our defensiveness and our anger and our our loneliness, it just so many things stem from that. And so that's the affirmation I walk around with all the time is I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. No matter where I'm at right now, I'm enough. I accept myself. I accept all of me, the good and the bad. I'm enough right now. Um, so that's, that's my, my go-to affirmation all of the time. Um, and something that's been really powerful for me, just in all, all of the things I've learned just tie over into every area of my life, like not just physically and physical fitness, but just my own peace of mind and the way I show up for myself every day. Um, learning how to have my own back and how to show up for myself and not to rely on others to just really be good with myself. And if I'm struggling or if I feel hurt, I can sit and observe that and get curious about it. That's such a big thing for me is getting curious about everything that I'm doing. If I'm making a certain choice or if I'm feeling a certain way, just getting curious about it. Um, not judging it, but just asking, what can I learn from this? Or what, what is this emotion teaching me? Or what is this choice? Where is this choice stemming from? Just be, I ask myself a lot of questions and just am so curious about everything that I do. Um, and I think that it's, I, I think it was Eckhart Tolle. I can't remember, but he was the one that said that we are have the ability to be the watcher of our minds. Mm -hmm. And as human beings, we do, we have the ability to think about what we think about. And oftentimes within that ability, that's where our relationship with ourself manifests because we think about what we think about. And then we start to say, well, that's a stupid thought. Well, I shouldn't be thinking that. Well, mm -hmm. you know, we start to like have all of these extra thoughts about the initial thought that we notice. And mm -hmm. so going back to what we talked about earlier with the relationship with yourself, I think that it can be the very best place to start is to notice how you are feeling about what you're thinking and, and your thoughts about your thoughts, even though that sounds a little yeah. bit silly and something that, that I'll try to implement with myself and with my clients is when I find those thoughts creeping in, I usually just pose the question like, what's up, love? Like I ask myself as if I were talking to my child or someone that I really cared about. Yeah. I think that being curious secondarily is one of the most powerful things as well that we can do instead of thinking we need to love what we think or hate what we think or judge what we mm -hmm. think. We just have to be curious always. And it can never harm mm -hmm. us to just approach something and be like, isn't that interesting that I think that about myself? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that totally ties into like mental and physical health. It just, it, it's cause I know like my, my, issues I put quotes around that um mm. that I got into so much problem like so much trouble and pain and heartache and just through my exercise addiction and eating disorders and all of that like those are all like exercise and food and that's all a good thing but it was so much deeper than that like my my problems weren't coming from that and 
that's what all of these other tools have helped me recognize. Like I can still work out and I can still eat a certain way that makes me feel good, but I'm so much more aware through all of these other things that I'm practicing where I can still be a part of what I love and what I'm passionate about, but I can recognize the deeper part of what was causing me to create a negative thing out of what I loved. Um, and just, yeah, building awareness around that and being able to make a better choice that has brought me to a much happier place. That's amazing. Well, I want to thank you for being on the podcast today and let everyone know where they can find you and your online gym. So my online gym, it's called Exercising Love, just the perfect name for me, exercising more love for yourself and um that's the website exerciseandlove.com that's where you can find all of my programs um and then i'm most active on instagram just at aaron monson that's pretty much where i do everything my workouts my all of the my thoughts i share a lot of thoughts <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah i'm very active on there so. awesome i will have your website linked in the show notes and again thank you so much for being on today's episode you are amazing and i know that you will help so many people with what you've shared today i hope so thank you so much for having me so great